This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. I'm Joseph. And I'm Nick. And this is Fish Jelly. Oh, yes. How are you? I am. My head is spinning. I, I literally just stepped off a plane. Two planes. Two <laughs> Two planes. Two planes. I took a nine X and Y. A, a nine hour flight from Berlin to Newark of all places and then from there to LA. Those, those are two kind of long flights. You were at the seventy fourth Berlin International Film Festival. Yes, I was. How many films did you watch? Um forty six, I believe. Uh, I'm sure you had a great time. Yeah. Um I practiced self care. But yeah, no, I, I mean, you know, you know that I, I love going to that city and um, this year, the festival itself, there were some rough patches with uh, some of the competition selection titles, but overall, I think it was a pretty decent year. Um, and, and then, you know, after going so many years, um, I have uh, like a handful of other fellow film journalists I really enjoy hanging out with and um, t- like, you know, we you share kind of a very similar schedule to everybody else. So uh, all day long, you're kind of you can choose to uh, be with uh, specific people, so it's it's interesting. Well, as usual, we'll make a video for YouTube with your best and worst. Yes. So, is there anything outside of that you'd like to share, or no? Because I'm sure we'll talk about uh, what the jury selected for the winners, right? Yes. Okay, so you know we can hold all that. We'll save that for. Um, a later date. Uh, so we, there's a YouTube channel called the cinema squad, which is made up of five different YouTubers. So they each have their own movie review channels, but then they came together like the Avengers uh-huh. or the, or the, what's, what's that? The defenders. The, what's that from? That's isn't that the Sigourney Weaver. Uh, oh, Marvel? right. Yes. Uh, to uh, present an awards uh, ceremony called the Rubber Duckies. And we were invited to present at their third annual Rubber Duckies. Yes. We presented the award for Best Motion Picture. I won't say who won. I will put a link to that YouTube video in the description of this podcast. As all award shows are, this one is long. It's a little over three hours. Um, so I watched all of it and I... I I enjoy, I had a fun time watching it, uh, but if people just want to see us, uh, you can skip to exactly the three hour mark, and that's when we present God. the award. But uh, I I had fun. I would do it again. Sure. Yeah. It was a it was an honor. Yes, indeed. Okay. Uh, well, let's start with this. So Tyler Perry discovered AI, y'all. Oh, so he halted like an eight hundred million dollar expansion on his studio. Because now he doesn't need to uh, worry about. You know, those contractors are mad. <laughs> People had commented about it, assuming we would talk about it. I, I'm not so. I, I don't expect much from Tyler Perry. Uh, like, I, but it's like God. He was going to spend eight hundred million on expanding his studios. Do you know he could give a million dollars to eight hundred uh, up and coming black filmmakers to make? 
a movie to just he it that it just well the yeah the amount is astronomical yeah uh, like but also like he's not i i don't think he is a talented filmmaker so it's like so now you want to extract even more creativity from the process so now you want the ai formula (laughs) of your particular brand of bullshit you know that it can only be better actually that's what i was gonna say is ai might improve his uh storytelling it'll uh smooth out some stuff but it'll still be milk toast though that's that's the problem with with ai products it's generated to be baseline but i don't know he what i read was that his comment it's more about like not needing physical sets for like certain environments and backgrounds if it can all be done green screen and well yeah hands with ai so i mean he's still creating projects still hiring actors so you know i he's certainly not interested in using locations look what how he did but aren't they in the bahamas and why did i get married too you don't even see that yeah i <laughs> coming from him this doesn't feel like such a hit to the art of cinema because it's like he doesn't really seem to care about that in the first place well exactly that's 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 what's funny about it though is like you don't give a fuck about telling a good story that's why you're so cavalier about being like yeah ai so i was i wanted to rant about a few things so i'm just gonna start uh and these are just random I have had to contact customer service for a number of things over the past two weeks. Oh, and I hate when I'm on the phone trying to give someone my credit card number or my address and they interrupt me after every number. Uh So they'll say, okay, what's your credit card number? And I'm like, five, four, three, two. Okay. Yep. Yep. Oh, okay. One, nine, zero. Oh, yep. mm -hmm. Oh, oh, okay. Uh, well, yep. Let me keep going. And then, and then they don't hear it all because they keep interrupting me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Same thing. I had to give my address and phone number and they kept interrupt like after every part of it, like mm-hmm. <laughs> stop that. I thought, let me just say my credit card number. Why do you need to interrupt me after every like four numbers I give you? And then you don't hear me. And <laughs> Well, you know, people, some people, a lot of people tend to get overwhelmed very easily. So. I, well, you know what? I didn't even think about that. Maybe they're doing that because, but then it's also like you probably shouldn't be working customer service if you can't handle the intake of information. But well, you know, sometimes we get stuck. Then in the same vein, I wonder if anyone else has had this problem, but at Vons and Pavilions, the grocery store, mm-hmm. my Apple Pay doesn't work at all. Yes, I know this is a problem for you. Mm-hmm. And, I've heard some cashiers say, oh, yeah, like we don't take Wells Fargo or something. And it's like, that can't be true that a major chain of grocery stores doesn't take payment from a major bank. Well, no, I using a major fault. Like, (laughs) well, I use my Wells Fargo card, but I don't I can use my Wells Fargo physical card. Yeah, my Apple pay. I can't. Okay, but it works everywhere else. So it's not my I don't know what's going on, but I was triggered the other day because I and and I know this, so I usually don't try. But I had left my like my my the bag that I carry with my money in it. I left it in my car, so all I had was my phone to pay. Uh-huh. So I tried it, thinking maybe it works, and the lady was so like loud about it. Your card declined, and it's <laughs> like I I felt like I was in a skit. Uh-huh. <laughs> because then I'm trying to explain to her like. Uh, like 
I'm not even trying to explain to her that it didn't decline. I'm just saying, can I hold my, I'm trying to explain to her, like, can I just leave my stuff here quickly while I run to my car Mm -hmm. so that I can get like a card? But she was so adamant about just telling me like your card declined. She said it like five times. Like, yes, I see it's not going through. Okay. Have you thought that it might be her only small act of vengeance on those she has to serve? (laughs) If there's anyone out there who works for Vaughn's Pavilions, uh, I I believe that's part of the Safeway group. Can can someone look into this? Because I'm so tired of (laughs) this embarrassment. Uh, Moving on. Um, I have ventured out a few times in the past couple of weeks. And I think that because I don't go out often and I'm not often around people, you know, also because like I work from home and, mm-hmm. but bad breath seems to be a problem. And I think that. <laughs> hey, Jasmine masters, Jesus. Well, because I think no one's going to tell you, right. They're just going to like recoil and just tolerate your hot ass breath until they can get away from you. Right. Yeah. And I, <laughs> it's almost like, it's like how I never like it. It wasn't until I was older that I realized I was supposed to wash behind my ears. Uh-huh. Cause you know, with my hair texture, I don't wash my hair every day. So it wasn't until my aunt told me, like, you need to wash behind your ears. And now looking back as an adult, she probably said that because <laughs> they probably like the shit probably looked dirty and smelled bad. Or I remember when someone told me, like, you should, you know, scrape your tongue or, mm-hmm. but yeah, I, I'm often surprised like whole ass adults just are not aware. It's well, like if we're talking about it in a drinking environment as well. And, you know, people lose themselves in the music, the moment it's like, <laughs> it's midnight. You haven't brushed your teeth since you went to go to, I mean, you haven't brushed your teeth since like 4 PM before you went to dinner, right? You had dinner. Hmm. Then you were running around. Then you ended up at this bar. You've been drinking all night. So now it's eight hours after you brush your teeth and ate, probably smoked a cigarette, drinking. Like, Where's choose, some, choose, choose some, some gum, gum at least. Yes. Get some mints. Like, how do you not? <laughs> but I mean, you and I have always had gum. Um, I think that breath has always been something I've been very self-conscious about. Though. Yeah, yeah. Then I know there's a component of it, like people's dental health, right? Like if you have like tooth decay, that can really, I yeah. mean, that can be a very serious problem. Uh, people not cleaning their tongues properly. You need to scrape your tongue. Also, you remember back in the, I believe it was the late 90s, there was that, um, like those capsules called Breath Assure. No. Do you remember those? No. I remember, were, the, I remember those Listerine strips. No, it was before that. Okay. There were these capsules that came in like the same. I, I know people know what I'm talking about. They were these little gel caps and basically it was attacking bad breath from the inside. Uh-huh. And I bought them a few times. They're basically like these, I, I don't know what was in them, but they had like minty whatever. And, but also like your diet can affect it. If you suffer from ga- uh, acid reflux and all that, like, what you eat can affect how you smell. If you had some broccoli and then drank a lot, drank a lot of beer. I mean, yeah. So broccoli comes up. It's just the general PSA that you, you just need to be diligent. Like it probably just is a good idea to just chew some sugar-free mint gum. Yes. Or maybe, you know, if you don't want to carry around a toothbrush and brush in between, you can buy those disposable toothbrushes 
that are like, they have the little gel in the middle and all it requires is the saliva in your mouth to uh, get it going. And then you just throw it away and there's a little pick on the end so you can pick shit out of your teeth. You got to be diligent because I'm so tired of people getting in my face and then I have to recoil and, and then I know the look on my face is like, I seem stank. And it's like, because you stank. That's why I seem stank because you stank. But the main thing I wanted to talk about, which I'm sure you'll have some thoughts on is I've noticed on my Instagram over the past like month or so that there have been a number of people sharing links to their GoFundMe's. And if some of them are listening, just consider this advice from, you know, your uncle. I don't know. But I think, especially for the people who are, which all of these people are very active on social media and present a certain lifestyle, Uh like you've made it very clear. And some of these people have actually said to me in person, like that they have an aversion to work, that they don't want to work a nine to five, that they want to live their life and enjoy life. So of the three people I'm mentioning, none of them have full-time like real jobs or even part-time jobs. Mm -hmm. And recently all of them have shared links to their GoFundMes. What do you mean shared them? Like on Instagram. Like for the world? Yes. Yes. So saying, and and saying like times have been hard, so I need money. Do I know these people? Two of them you do. So, In one case, this person who has been very like vocal about like not wanting to work because they want to do what they want to do and pursue the career they want, Uh they recently had their car towed and they posted about it. Oh, saying like, oh, like they towed or repoed? Towed because the car had stopped running, like it had broken down and they just parked it on the street for like two months. Do I know who I know this person? You probably well, no, I, I know that you do. <laughs> okay, I'm not gonna say who it is. But their car I got towed. Not laughing at the misery of it, but yeah. So then they posted this, they they made a post like in memoriam of this car. Like I've had you for all these years and you got me around wherever, and I'm grateful to you. But now hopefully someone the way this person worded the post, it's and because I f- am familiar with this person, I'm like, oh, you don't know how this kind of shit works. If your car gets towed, it goes to an impound lot. You go get it. Who do you think is responsible for the cost of that? Yeah, it's not. It doesn't go to but, uh, a, an auction lot. But the way this person posted it was like, oh, maybe like someone else can now use it. That it's like, no, this car's still registered to you, fool. It's not okay. like taking dogs to the. Pound. So then I'm expecting to to witness on social media like an update, and sure enough, a week later, there's a link to a GoFundMe because they need like close to a thousand dollars to get it out of the impound and then do all this stuff. That does seem high to get it out of the impound, doesn't it? Nah, well, I've had my car towed before and I, yeah, but you, but you, you didn't have a towed Like you got it towed because you were in an ac- involved in an accident. And... No, I parked in the wrong spot once and had to go get my car out of an impound lot. Yeah. But, it, you also pay for the days that it's there. Oh, sure. Like I mean, I got it that night, but <laughs> so the, so that there's that example. Another example is a person who has also been very vocal on social media about how like they want to pursue their dreams. So they're not going to waste their time working like a job that isn't in that direction. So then they just don't, I, I guess just don't care about paying bills. Mm-hmm. And they shared a link to a GoFundMe because they need money for like a home repair. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you got it. And then the third person, 
uh, also doesn't work mm-hmm. and was doing something that they could do from home and then decided that they were going to even stop doing that. So didn't want to have a real job and then was kind of working from home, like under the table and then decided to stop doing that to do porn. Uh-huh. And then the government, the IRS seized their OnlyFans money mm-hmm. because they were like, they owed creditors. Yeah. So then they shared a GoFundMe link to help pay these bills. So I guess the, the, the overwhelming feeling I have is that if you're going to be stupid enough to show like that the way you approach life is like not responsible or that somehow you don't need to go to work like the rest of us, I don't think people need to suffer the way I have and work every day since they were 16 just to make sure they have money. No, if you want to live on the edge and you know, not feel stable, then that's your business. But then you can't put that out there and then think that someone like me is going to give well, you right. I, I'm not boo-boo the fool, nor am I Blanche Dubois. I don't depend on the kindness of strangers. And I've made sure to live a life where I didn't need to. I don't want to be beholden to anybody, including my parents. And the only way that I knew how to do that was to fucking get a job. And the first jobs you get are shit and terrible. But you are, you have the ability to shape that trajectory a bit yeah <laughs> you don't just get to exist like yeah that shit drives me crazy too it drives me crazy because i've had people say to me uh to paraphrase that i'm a chump for playing the game of like having a corporate job and and doing all that but but i i always want to push back on that like so how am i a chump when i checked all the boxes mm-hmm. so I have a nice income, stability, a nice home, a nice car, you know, all the things I'm supposed to have by exchanging some of my time to do something that's not that complicated for me to do. No, and eventually you can build yourself up enough to not be struggling so hard to also right. simultaneously pursue, pursue your the passion. things that you love and pursue them without them dragging you down into the fucking grave because you can't land an audition and, and that shit's exhausting. And then you're stuck to without health insurance because you're working all these chicken shit gigs at restaurants in LA. Like, no, get, get a damn job, get the system to work for you. Right. Right. And I think <laughs> I could go on and on. I don't want to, but I just, yeah, you're not going to get a lot of sympathy from me. First of all, if you, to hear people complain about money and it's like you work like 20 hours a week you you need to up it to 40 before you come to me with these issues like to complain about the cost of living in la and you don't work full time is insane it would be my life would be expensive for me too if i didn't work a real job like a full-time job so i don't understand like i'm embarrassed for people to see that they're like, where's your integrity? Where's your pride? To me, a person who's proud is a person who does what they have to do to take care of their responsibilities, whatever that is. And if you think you're too good to take some menial job, then I think that you're a chump. Because if you really had pride and integrity, you would be happy to show up and earn an honest living so that you don't have to appeal to strangers. Well, Actually, there should be a, a new word that is coined for this is strategy. One of the people, <laughs> part of their GoFundMe, because then after I thought I was going to talk about it, I actually went to the GoFundMe's to read the full story. Uh-huh. And one of them is like, 
all of my credit cards are maxed out, so I can't. And it's like, now, nah, hold up, hold up, hold up. When that first card was maxed out, you didn't think, let me work some more hours because I know for a fact you don't work a real job. I mean, it's hard. I've been in credit card debt. It, it, yeah, but you also had a job. Yes. That's different. But it, it. But even with a good job, it is hard to get out. Yeah, but that's a very separate situation. Yeah. That's separate because that's, yeah. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when you don't do everything you can do and then you get, and then life hits you with like responsibilities and now you want to, we're not talking about 20 year olds. Yeah, no, I mean. So it's just like, yeah, this is a wake up call. We're talking to people that, well, at least one of these people that I am getting from the clues is mid thirties now at least. Yeah. Right. So I think. Anyway. Yeah. Well, like early thirties, but um, yeah, it's, so this is just my little PSA. Like you need to do better and take responsibility and i don't know why you think you're winning by what well it's true but the strategy that you're using here is like in the classroom when one kid does something wrong so the teacher's got to talk to all the kids well you know well maybe some people need to hear it like it's not cute it's not cute to be a whole ass adult like you are a whole ass adult you have a receding hairline and everything like you need to <laughs> it, it it doesn't make sense to get on social media and ask for seventeen hundred dollars well see that's where the, the the glitch in the grid is like the avatar of your uh the, of your presentation is like oh but you live a fabulous life but right but need, then you post like you how every day you like you like you 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 uh brag about not working and every day is you going i'm sorry but if you don't have money and you don't work why are you walking every day to go buy nine dollar cold brew I don't even do that. that and I can afford to do that because to me that seems kind of excessive I feel like if you did if you have an OnlyFans and you're doing a lot of porn and you still need help money paying the bills like god that just sounds exhausting to me that too <laughs> like I mean your booty I'm, holes blown out and you can't even pay basic bills like, like that doesn't god, even make sense that's hot on your body girl like <laughs> okay I'm sorry I'll I'll move on I want to talk about in the restaurant section because this morning i i i um i had a craving for long john silvers <sighs> yeah but then i decided not to because i because of the closest or the only long john silver to us is in compton which is far away and we have been there we have yeah. been there but it's far away so like the only time to go is when there's no traffic because even then it's still be like a 30 minute drive so I opted not to do it because I'm like, I don't need to eat all this grease and calories Greasy. at like 10 o'clock at night. But then I thought, oh, well, maybe I'll satisfy another urge or craving I've been having, which is egg slut. Okay. Because I haven't had egg slut since. I don't think I've ever had it because every time we go to the downtown market, it's it busy. It is packed. And I am not waiting for that. No. So this morning I woke up early as usual and I did all my little chores. And so it was like seven o'clock when I was done. Mm-hmm. So I decided to go drive to Exlot. They open at eight, mm -hmm. and I got parking like the the Exlot I went to because there are two in LA. Uh, the one I went to is in downtown LA, Grand Central Market. Mm -hmm. So which is on Broadway, by Precinct, the gay bar, mm -hmm. and I got like the most VIP parking possible on Broadway, closest to Grand Central Market. So I'm like, great. So I got out of the car and I, um the grand central market hadn't opened yet so i kind of just walked for like 15 minutes 
it, the important part of the story is that my car is currently being serviced. So I was given a loaner car as they usually do. And this loaner car is also a very nice, expensive car. Uh -huh. <laughs> so I parked downtown uh, this morning and I walk around for like 15 minutes, go get my food, eat it. Then I went to another place and got a croissant and a maple uh, latte that was very good. And the lady who worked there was very nice. Eat that and then sort of meander back to the car. Uh, and I sit in the car and I look and see that I left that car key on the front, like on the seat, the passenger seat in broad daylight, the windows to this car are not tinted. Oh boy, okay. <laughs> so the car wasn't locked and mm -hmm. the key was sitting right there. Well, you're lucky it was early morning. Oh God, I like my heart sank because I'm like, that's all I need is, well, because really all it would have been, well, I don't actually know. I, it, a mess, it would have been a headache. It, it would have been least. a mess. But you do, you do do things like that though. But egg slut, uh, I, the food's fine. I think the secret to why people love it is the bun that they put it on. It's like a brioche type like buttery bun like sierras <laughs> yeah yeah and it looks like that like shiny and smooth but <laughs> uh -huh. the uh yeah I, I i don't know that i would wait because i got there right when they opened and there was already a line forming oh that shit's annoying so there were like 10 people in front of me so i had to wait like i didn't have to wait that long maybe like eight minutes mm -hmm. but that's still a long time it, to order it's not the bun it's the name so it's the name that people like but there are people who wait like half an hour to order or longer mm -hmm. i don't think these sandwiches are that remember, great remember back in the day when that would be sprinkles oh god yeah <laughs> when people would wait forever to get sprinkles because when we first moved to la the sprinkles was a big thing and for one valentine's day i waited in line to get some things and it took an hour yeah then they have little hash brown like tater tot rounds that are like with truffle oil and they're tasty but you only get like six of them mm -hmm. it, it's not super expensive the sandwich with the tater tots was like 14. what's that other place that donut place we often get something from well not often but in grand central market yeah yeah well they, that one always has a line and then they their specialty i think are those strawberry donuts something yeah yeah um i don't know anytime i have to yeah yeah i don't like to wait i feel stupid because then it's because even uh on saturday morning yesterday no friday morning whatever some morning i woke up really early and i thought oh i'm gonna go get coffee from someplace i haven't been so i found uh this one place in silver lake that had good reviews and it was packed the line was long uh -huh. and then i see like two buildings down is another coffee shop no one there with no one there and their specialty is like they're like a dog coffee shop. Mm -hmm. So it's all about dogs and dogs are welcome. And all the stuff is kind of like dog themed and they sell empanadas. So they have like breakfast empanadas. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, it's a really weird menu, but I got a breakfast empanada and then I got some kind of like cardamom cinnamon cold brew. It was a little overpriced, but I thought I would have felt so stupid waiting for half an hour to get my coffee when I know it couldn't have been that much better than the coffee I just got where I didn't have to wait. Yeah. The only things I'll wait for are things I know I can't get anywhere else, like masa pizza. Yeah. You know, and even then we won't. If the line's too, if it's too long to be seated, I won't do it. But I think we should take a break. Films released we didn't cover Ordinary Angels. Hilary Swank starring in a 
faith-based film oh directed by somebody named john gunn hillary you know you got to give it to hillary two-time oscar winner hillary swank she does uh it is about the work I what's guess. that movie she did with michael ely uh fatal and then what's the one she did where like her son killed the other son or something about it had a weird name like good mother Mother. yeah (laughs) yeah she's not afraid to be ugly which i appreciate about her but uh i don't know i I don't i don't want to see this we reviewed both of those movies uh i just uh yeah whatever about dry grasses this was excellent nuri bilga chelan the esteemed turkish auteur uh, this premiered in Cannes. Uh, winning the Best Actress Prize. Uh, if I hadn't been out of the country, I probably would have at, like suggested you take a gamble on a Ceylon film. I thought it was great. Uh, but that opened uh, this past weekend. Io Capitano. Uh, I, th- I believe this was Oscar nominated, the new Matteo Garone film from Italy. Uh, I saw it in Venice this past year, and I think it's just okay. Uh, I've seen many refugee stories from italy specifically that are kind of like this film uh but it has some nice moments of magical fantasy blah 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 but uh it it's fine i i mean if you like him it, it i'd recommend it but i think I, I don't understand out of all the wonderful films released this year from all over the globe this snagged one of those five slots parallel this uh follows the journey of vanessa a grief-stricken woman who mysteriously finds herself navigating between parallel spaces um starring aldous hodge and danielle deadweiler both of whom i like red right hand okay so i did watch this right after i landed at, uh in berlin i had a screener that was going to expire <laughs> stars orlando bloom and andy mcdowell it's directed by esham and ian nelms who previously did that santa claus movie with mel gibson called fat man oh that we reviewed yeah this is not good uh but <laughs> i will say andy mcdowell as this vicious backcountry like woman running some crime syndicate uh is pretty fun to watch and mm. so if you like andy mcdowell at all i did enjoy her in this but the rest of it is caca Lastly, they shot the piano player. This is an animated film from Fernando Trueba, co-directed with Javier Mariscal, and Jeff Goldblum does a voice. So I would be interested in seeing this. Projects of interest. Argento's doing something. Okay, so I've talked about this, and I have a I have I came up with a little theory while I was in Berlin. Oh, okay. Because you know Dario Argento and Isabella Pair are supposedly going to be working together, and they both talked about it. Uh, they said it's going to be a remake of a 1940s Mexican uh, genre film from the 40s, right? But they they were they, we refused to say anything else, right? So she, Isabel, happened to post like ten things she'd watched for the first time on some I forget the name of the site, but I, I wrote something up about it, but. Uh, that invites notable people at the end of every year. They can share either their top favorite, 10 favorites or uh, things they've watched for the first time. So Isabel shared what she'd seen for the first time this year. And one of them was La Otra starring Dolores Del Rio from 1946 as twins, one who kills the other and assumes the identity. It's that movie that was also made with Betty Davis twice. uh, Stolen Life and Dead Ringer. Uh, That has to be it. That has to be the 40s Mexican film that has Isabel hungry to work for Dario Argento. Well, y'all heard it here first. I, I, I'm not a betting man. I don't like losing money, but I would 
It has to be. Why would she watch that anyway? I think that's it. I think that's it. Save the Green Planet. Uh, Yorgos Lantimos has announced that he's going to officially, I think is the next project. He already has one in the can with Emma Stone uh, after Poor Things. But Save the Green Planet, uh, which is a remake of a 2006 South Korean film that I have seen and is very bizarre and weird. And apparently Emma will also be in it. Lastly, Sam Mendes is up to something. He is directing four separate Beatles biopics for John, Paul, George, and Ringo. Oh, wow. And they are all supposedly going to be set for release in 2027. Oh, that's that's clever. That's, uh, that's bold. Do we, yeah. need, do we need that? Uh, well, I, I'm not interested at all. But uh, <laughs> I, know, I know people like the Beatles. So yeah, but like... I, okay. I'm not watching those four movies for sure, but... Well, I shouldn't say that. Who knows? Who knows? 2027. I probably won't even be here. Oh, my God. Anyway, moving on. So the secret film this week was sort of a... Do we need to talk about for fun films? Don't we do that for the Patreon? Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Someone has the wine bottle right in front of them. <laughs> that was in my hand. So the secret film this week was sort of a compromise because it had to be something that was available on Nick's flight back home. Mm -hmm. So... He gave me a few options, and I sort of, sort of hastily chose one. <laughs> they were without much thought. They were highlighting the works of Denzel Washington. And then I thought, oh well, it's still Black History Month, so let's go with the film with a, a, a black lead. And it's perfect because we did Malcolm X right before I left. So I chose the 1993 American legal thriller film, The Pelican Brief, <laughs> based on a novel by John Grisham. I read this as a kid in 1993. Directed by Alan J. Pakula. Who is, uh, you know, Clute. Oh. Uh, oh, with Jane Fonda? Yeah. Oh. And he has Sophie's Choice with Meryl Streep. He's got He some, directed that? Oh, yeah. He's got The Sterile Cuckoo was his debut with Liza Minnelli, which I highly recommend. Oh, well, yeah, I had never seen it. You read the book as a kid, and you've seen this movie before. I did. You I owned the DVD, which required... <laughs> So Nick watched it on the plane. He's like, well, we have the DVD in the house, but uh, just know that you're going to have to flip it. <laughs> so it's one of those. This movie feels too long. And then the fact that I had to flip the disc made it even worse. What is the, uh, the Pelican Brief about? A law student uncovers a conspiracy, putting herself and others in danger. <laughs> That's the IMDb premise. Uh, overall, what do you think about the Pelican Brief? I have fond memories, but... It's a very so-so film, and I think that Pakula is trying to. And remember, this this is this movie is because of the craze for the the Grisham craze that started with the firm that lasted all the way I think at least until 2003's Runaway Jury. But this was one of those films that I think the book was written with Julie Roberts playing this character in mind, if I am recalling correctly. And it it feels like something like that. It's trying to follow in the footsteps of not only the firm but uh, Pakula's classic. Uh, all the presidents, man, where the the reporters find deep throat. Yes, uh, I thought this was kind of weak. Uh, I don't like the organization of the story. It feels overly long because of how the story is told. I feel like the final hour or an hour of the movie. I mean, not the final hour. I think the last five minutes are five, but like an hour of the film seems unnecessary. So. Anyway, Julia Roberts plays this law student. Darby Shaw. Who happens to be dating her, one of her law professors. Which is Sam Shepard. And during this period, we see that two 
not one, but two Supreme Court justices have been murdered. Uh, one of whom is uh, the great Hume Cronin. Who, well, I'll get to it. So these two justices have been murdered slash assassinated. So obviously we're thinking it's for political reasons or legislative reasons. So we learn that the current president, played by Robert Culp, who's very kind of raggedy to me. He has a significant donor whose character name I think is Matisse. Yes. And Matisse is this super rich person who was trying to drill for oil, I believe, in Louisiana. Yeah. But there were these like environmental protection groups trying to stop him and they were successful because the Supreme Court backed up a decision to protect the area he was drilling because of the wildlife, including pelicans. Okay. Flyer than a pelican, find a better chick, find a chick better than I don't see her. Have, heavy like a first day period. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Janet Jackson's <laughs> feedback. But so getting back to Julia Roberts, the law student, her boyfriend, the law professor, he used to be a clerk for one of the justices who was killed. Hume. And he considered this justice a mentor. So he is distraught. Like he's saying he's depressed, that he's like drinking. And well, he's already an alcoholic. He's already an alcoholic and this has pushed him over the edge. And he's saying like, I'm going to need to take some time away to write a book about this. And <sighs> it's so stupid. As one does. And then Julia Roberts takes time off from law school, like a week to research and write a paper about who she thinks killed the two justices based on the shared decisions that the two had ruled on together this her doing this makes about as much sense as jennifer lopez uh making that movie this is me now like like no one asked for this why are you doing this no one asked for this but also it just it's very much of the 90s with how information was shared or needed to be found in a way that nowadays this would be immediately like the the minute that news story hit there would be these conspiracy theorists online. Right. like it's just right. funny like i have to take a week to do fast look fashionable and do research in the library and go get public documents yeah but anyway julia writes the pelican brief which is her uh sort of hypothesis uh-huh. which is the actual story i just said that this uh political donor or- orchestrated the assassinations because since he is friends with the president or controls the president which feels very or you know house of cards feels like this uh-huh. um that he can get two new justices appointed who will overturn the ruling so that he can drill in louisiana and which is all really such a gamble because even the people trump appointed i think surprised him sometimes with decisions they've made sure (laughs) yeah because then it's like so you're going to appoint people who specifically will work on this issue but that could backfire on you because what if they rule on other things that are not in your favor like right but anyway we see that whom like we know who's responsible so they're trying to stop julia roberts from telling well, because it, she gives it to Sam Shepard, he gives it to his best friend, John Hurd. And then who, who's a lawyer for the FBI, that gets passed around. So one by one, everyone who has seen the Pelican Brief starts to die. 
and Julia Roberts goes into hiding. And then she reaches out to Denzel Washington, who's a reporter. And she reaches out to him because her now dead boyfriend, because the boyfriend dies in a car bombing that was intended for the two of them. Yeah. But they got into a fight and she didn't get in the car. Because he was drunk driving. Because he was drunk driving. So uh, the dead ex-boyfriend like spoke highly of Denzel's character as a journalist. Yes. So that's how she knew or felt that she could trust him. So she reaches out to Denzel. He meets with her. And then the second half of the movie is them running around trying to evade being murdered, but also... And track down the contact that's been anonymously calling him from the law firm that has also seen these documents. Because Denzel's boss, played by John Lithgow, is saying, like, I'm not going to print this story because we're going to get sued from here to high heaven if we don't have, like, real facts. So you need to produce Darby Shaw, Julia Roberts' character, and then another piece of evidence. And... So that's why they're trying to find this like anonymous tipster. And we find out that that anonymous tipster is a lawyer that Matisse had worked with who has evidence that shows that they were trying to. Um, at, White, at White and Blazevich. <laughs> I'm for White and Blazevich. Implicating that Matisse had said that how much easier things would be if these two justices in particular were dead. So, of course, they're able to do that. And then the end of the film is the aftermath which is, so we don't, so then we see that, oh, Denzel published his article and now it's a big scandal and Matisse has been charged with this and the president's not going to run for re-election and his chief of staff played by Tony Goldwyn resigned and blah, blah, blah. And Julia Roberts, in exchange for the for helping, she asks for a flight out of the country uh-huh. so she can start a new life until the heat is off her, the end. Um <sighs> I didn't care for this movie because within the first like 45 minutes, we learn everything that. It becomes an elongated cat and mouse movie. Yeah. So then we get over an hour of just like them running around, but we are, but we already know who the killer is because we meet the killer right away. Stanley Tucci is the assassin is the assassin. So we see him, we see him kill the two justices. Yeah. One of, one of them in a, a porno theater. One of them a appears to be porno. gay, yeah, because he's in like a gay porno thing. And so we're, 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 we already know who's uh, responsible for the actual killing. Then we know who hired the killing, or who, which is this political donor. You know, there are a few light questions like, oh, was the president aware? And the answer is no. The president's kind of clueless. He's clueless, but he also asked the head of the FBI, Voiles, to... Uh, put a pin in investigating his donor. Yeah, he says, like, back off because if this scandal comes out before the election, I'm never going to win. Right. So, so he's telling him, like, can you wait? But it's obstructing justice. I feel like there was very little, like, there was nothing to look forward to. Yeah, kind of. <clears throat> I'm just going to go through my notes. Hume Cronin's. Hume Cronin, Jessica Tandy's husband. I don't understand why they put him in that old man makeup. Well, he was old then. But they put him in old man. Yeah. He looks like that one mystery science, the... Colleen Gray, the leech woman. Gravy makeup. The one with the black lady. When 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 she comes out looking young, they go, oh, Miss Jackson, if you're... Yeah, leech, leech woman. He it, looks like that. Like, he's wearing, like, paper mache on his face. Uh-huh. It, it looks terrible. Yeah, where he's standing there with Denzel. Why do they need to do that? Why couldn't they have just hired an old grizzly man? I don't understand. It, it looked ridiculous. Then when 
Hume's character gets killed by Stanley Tucci. He's because he's like dead to the bed anyway, like almost. And he's there with his nurse. Did you notice that there were like 50 bottles of medication on the camera? Yeah. It was an obscene amount. You wouldn't even see that many bottles out at the pharmacy. This was RBGs, wasn't it? <laughs> Hanging on. Oh my God. It was comical. So that's when Stanley Tucci kills that justice. Then when he goes to kill the other justice at the gay, uh, like adult theater, mm -hmm. Stanley looks so crazy because his hair said, you know, he's balding. So he wears a wig in one scene. And then when he goes to the gay bar, he's trying to do like a Freddie Mercury look, yeah. like look gay. And he has this like old gay ass mustache on. He was hamming it up. Oh, yeah. I think Stanley Tucci's attractive, but he was so smarmy in this. And then he sits into the he sits down in the porno theater. <clears throat> excuse me, and every person in there is there to like be sexual. Yeah. But Stanley Tucci has popcorn. Popcorn. And I'm thinking there used to be a a an adult theater in West Hollywood called now I'm forgetting. Kit Kat, no. Uh, yeah, it had two names. It used to be called Dick's, or not Dick's, Tom's or something. Yeah, and then, and then before that, it was something for a very long time. But I had gone in there once with a friend, and they did serve popcorn. Yeah, they do. So then I'm thinking, <laughs> Just like, like they do at some bathhouses. Who wants to eat popcorn? But then I thought, do they do it for the grease? Like, do they like oily hands? You, uh, I don't know. Like, do you want buttery genitals? Um, but the way Stanley Tucci kills that guy is he's wearing a rope as a belt. Mm -hmm. And he, like, snaps his neck with the rope in the theater in front of other people. Yeah. That felt very bold. It did. Then we hear Tony Goldwyn, who, you know, I like Tony Goldwyn. Yeah. This is shortly after Ghost. Uh he he's so handsome and he kind of reminds me almost in this movie of like a tom holland he okay. kind of has that look that hair but when he's reporting on what happened to the to the gay justice he goes oh yeah he was at a queer bar or a queer club you know there's a queer undercurrent running throughout this because if you remember in the first lecture where we meet julia roberts that's right sitting next to cynthia nixon the court case that sam shepherd is uh uh, talking about is Bowers versus Hardwick from 1986, which was uh, the court case that uh, cemented uh, the, 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 uh, our ability to have sex privately. <laughs> and, yeah, because it was about sodomy and your the privacy of your own home. Yes, and, and that's and it's funny that this came out in '93. It would be a decade from then. It would be I think it's 2003 with Lawrence v. Texas, where that. Bowers versus Hardwick is finally overturned. Um, but but yeah, that's interesting with the other subtext of of that. So Julia Roberts and her professor boyfriend being so invested in these assassinations felt so silly. Like I understand for the professor, it's like, oh, my mentor was killed, and I thought but he's just immediately distraught, and I, then he's like, I, I have to go away and write a book about it. I thought she she seemed like she's trying to get him to stop drinking. It seemed like she was trying to distract him with this, maybe. I I I mean, we can talk about what might have been better at the end, but yeah, I, I just thought that was a really crunchy start to all of this. Then there's a janitor who works in the White House, like very much like uh, in House of Cards. in House of Cards who works like i mean we see him sweeping like in front of the oval office like with the door open so he can hear everything and then we see that he feeds denzel washington this reporter information uh -huh. i can't believe that someone who has that kind of proximity to not only the president but the oval office 
like would just be so free to like that people wouldn't follow his ass around and... but he's also one of the two characters in this that kind of shows that black people stick together like when he when denzel is trying to get the student information and, and the then, lady helps him and this black student comes out of nowhere oh yeah that student that's right he comes out of nowhere to be like hey yeah i i didn't i didn't think either of those scenarios made sense but especially for the janitor at the white house right. like, that just seemed too well ridiculous. especially because they did like they put me on medical leave yeah then denzel there's a point where he's trying to chase the person who gave him the anonymous tip because he traced the phone and he is dressed he he's running around this like obviously sort of like corporate environment wearing like a hoodie yeah i thought that too yeah. and i thought that like there's no way denzel thought that he first of all he's trying to be discreet but you you're very noticeable running around like that yeah at at, at this time and then you look you're dressed like that and you you look like you're doing something you shouldn't be doing and then he tries to get a cab and the cab won't let him in and he's mad i just thought like you look insane you look like a stereotype right now like i can't yeah. believe that you don't realize that but okay um oh god i like julia roberts probably more than you but... I've, over the years my uh disinterest in her has lifted a bit maybe. but i didn't think she was that captivating in this and i thought her acting was like oh she's like giving extra like the moment when she sees her boyfriend blow up in that car and like she it's like she's trying to play this character so fragile and she's yeah she's she has a hard time with yeah the, with i the did stress not. of it all i hated that the president seemed like a big old oaf he's stupid because I, that's I'm why he seemed like reagan to me well i'm supposing they were trying to make it seem like oh he could be easily manipulated yeah. and well he's just playing with his dog but it almost honestly there were times when i thought leslie nielsen could have played this <laughs> yeah like it, it it almost felt like leslie nielsen <laughs> cynthia nixon looks like if kira from the dark crystal oh were like vegan and made her own soap she and... seems sweet she gave off a sweetness <laughs> i thought she looked crazy we find out that Julia Roberts has money from her father, I guess, who died. Now, I don't know how she's pulling it out of the bank to evade, evade being tracked. She's so smart, but then she doesn't realize that every time you use like banking, they're going to track you. And that's how they keep finding her. Right. I, I was so frustrated. Like, you're so smart that you came up with the Pelican brief, but you've never thought that like you keep using your credit card. At one point, she says, oh, I'll pay cash. Yeah. But then in the end, when she asks for like asylum, basically, it's like, you don't have all of your dad's money in cash on you. So don't you think if someone wanted to find you, they could track your financial whatever? Yeah. Getting back to Stanley Tucci seeming smarmy, there's a point where he has to pretend to be... Who's the lawyer for the FBI? John Hurd. John Hurd. Home Alone. So he makes himself fat by putting a pillow in. And he was giving Buffalo Bill vibes to me. Yeah, when he's mimicking the voice. Yeah, I, I didn't care for him in this movie. I thought but, that but was... The it's funny like john hurd and sam shepherd like these men of a certain age that have issues with compulsion it seems like yeah because sam can't stay away from the young ladies and john hurd likes food and because <laughs> he because that scene where he tells julia darby how he's how much he weighs like i'm gonna lose it and then he immediately eats the chocolate on the pillow this film feels overly long because of the organization of how the information's uh, presented to us, but also, like, why did we spend so much time with Stanley Tucci's character? Who cares who, who killed the justices? Killed. Yeah. He's not, he was just a, a hired assassin. Why do we care about him? 
that well i think it's to mislead us he's kind of a red herring really well but sure it, it did not work for me um i thought it was funny that weird that black student you referred to who helps denzel he tells denzel oh this the student you're looking for he's been placed in a private hospital he's being detoxified yes I thought that was a really odd way for that uh, particular student to, to say that. To say that, yeah. Um, Julia Roberts again. She's being so this character so dramatic, and at a point she realizes um, like another person has died, and she's like, "They killed him! They killed him! I can't breathe!" Yeah, they have to pull over so she can get out of the car and then, sob, sob against Danzel's chest. Yeah. Part of this hour long sequence of them trying to get information, we see them going to several places and sort of like pretending to be other people. And all I could think of was like, no one checks ID. No. Julia no. Roberts goes to a safe deposit box and that lady asks her every question. Yeah. Your mama's maiden name, your husband's social security number, address, what you do for work, but never ask for a damn ID. There's <laughs> so much of this that couldn't work now. No. It just seems egregious. Because when the, the little guy whose name is Stump, played by Nicholas Woodison, who's chasing her all over like a crazy little dog, um, which, uh, you know, where James Horner's score goes absolutely schizophrenic with the piano. That like, was my next note. Oh, my God. The score is doing a lot. It is. Like, and uh, but he he would not be able to chase. There, well, in today's world where there's cameras everywhere, they, they, he just like blatantly try to murder her in this hotel. Yeah. Like, we get. So we should, we have a, only a couple minutes left, but Denzel Washington as an actor had famously said he was not going to kiss white women on screen. That's correct. And this was what he was not doing at this time. And I'm kind of glad he didn't because there was a point when I thought, because the first night Denzel and Julia meet like in her hotel, he has to stay or he's ready to leave. And she's like, oh, could you stay? Yeah. Uh-huh. You can sleep on the couch. And I thought, oh no. Please tell me there's no romance here. And there isn't. He he stays on the couch while she locks herself in her room. She just wants to feel safe because she trusts him. And then we see that then we get this montage of him calling a bunch of people, um, trying to get information. So I did like that they didn't try to make some romance between these two. The but that being said, I did feel like they're because I was reading commentary about the movie and people like to cite those two actors denzel and julia is like being a highlight i didn't think they were giving me anything i could use i don't think denzel has much to do with and i don't think he has much to do i thought they were i don't want to say they had no chemistry i thought they were an off pairing they're interesting enough but i i don't Uh, this is not at the level of the firm which i just rewatched recently yeah Um, no not at all or even a time to kill lastly I just don't understand what you like. She's a smart person and she's like, Oh, I just want to go out of the country and uh, I'm not going to tell you. I'm, I'm just going to tell the pilot when I get on the plane, like bitch, if they want to know when this pilot returns back or returns, they're just going to ask him where you took the lady. But it's like, they are bending ass over backwards for you. And then they don't explain like, does she have a new identity? The entire world knows her name. Cause we see Denzel on the news and the reporter saying, Oh, where's Darby Shaw? Oh, we think Darby Shaw's made up. Like this reporter says, oh, the pop culture, like the zeitgeist thinks that you just made her up. Darby Shaw's a real person. She was a law student at Tulane. Like, how can no one find her? 
it's she a, solved the pelican brief but no one can figure out what this lady is like i think it's also a film where it's tentatively stepping into it's dipping its toes into the possibility of interracial romance um because the end of it if you think about it, it's not unlike the bodyguard yeah similar. in this plane he's looking out for her she's gonna be murdered i didn't enjoy this i didn't think it was thrilling enough clever enough uh i didn't think the lead performances were that captivating I, I really hate the way the story is arranged i didn't like that i knew basically every piece to the puzzle within the first 45 minutes so now i'm just watching people trying to figure out how to prove that uh what would you give the pelican brief like two and a half yeah I, i'll say two and a half out of five it's okay it's, it's got some energy to it it just is bogged down in a lot of weird ways and i think it's trying too hard yeah well uh i'll end here i want to remind people we're on patreon uh-huh. currently we are well coming up this week we're going to finish recapping the final episodes of true detective season four we're also doing uh rupaul's the current season of rupaul's drag race we have several requests we need to uh fulfill for reviews so there will be a lot coming in this coming week ccc is there anything else you'd like to say no ta-ta ta-ta <laughs>